Welcome. On the occasion of the 50th anniversary of Aspen Chapel, we are delighted to be here to share a conversation about spirituality. Our spiritual beginnings were rather surprising and unusual because we were founded by a Mennonite bishop who believed there was no one true church and that we are all one. He envisioned a chapel for all, non-denominational, the chapel of peace. We have grown spiritually to a community of openness, understanding, conversation, community outreach, and service. And what might our future hold? The possibilities are endless and a part of our conversation today. I'm Shelley Merriam, the historian for Aspen Chapel, and I'm honored to be here with these two gentlemen, Nicholas Vizi, our current uh, inspirational spiritual leader of five years, and our past spiritual leader of 36 years, Greg Anderson. Welcome. Thank you. I'm interested to know how each of you found your way to Aspen Chapel and what that path has been like. Nicholas? I was ordained uh, in the Church of England in mm. um, 1997. And uh, I ended up in Norwich uh, and I served as a minister in Norwich uh, for 14 years. And they say in a church, uh, Greg is an exception to this, but they say in a church <laughs> that if you leave after three years, it's too soon. Mm. After seven years, you know, it's just about right. 14 years, you're lucky. 21 years, they want you to go. <laughs> and so I'd been there 14 years, so I thought, well, where do we go next? And my wife and I went away. Mm -hmm. And um, we went to a hotel and I said, where would you like to go? And she said, well, I'd like to go somewhere airy. So we'd been to America. I'd worked a little bit uh, in New Mexico. And so I said, let's look at the American uh, Episcopal website. Mm -hmm. And we clicked on the website. And there was Aspen Chapel, number two. It's not an Episcopal church. Right. But it was on the website. Mm -hmm. So it's internet dating, really, for spiritual leaders. <laughs> so I clicked on that. And I looked down uh, the, to the list. And it looked mm. really very sort of similar to the work that I was doing. And I saw the name Cynthia Brogeau, who I'd worked with. So I thought, well, perhaps this is a goer. So mm -hmm. I clicked on, on the link and, you know, three phone calls, uh, a couple of Skype interviews and uh, a plane ride later, we were being interviewed for the job and, and that's how it came about, really. Well, wonderful and welcome. Thank you. What intrigued you, though, about this, the, the spirit of of the Aspen Chapel, the definition really of what it is and where it is and maybe future challenges. Yeah. What intrigued you about that? What, what intrigued me is that uh, the chapel has its roots in the Christian tradition. Mm -hmm. But I, when I looked at it, I noticed that really there was an enormous amount going on in the branches. Mm -hmm. you know, all the big wisdom traditions were represented. Uh, Buddhism, Sufism, um, you know, they were all there within the community of the chapel. I thought that is interesting. They're interested in the wisdom rather than the actual, just the traditions sure. of Christianity. And, you know, when you're a Christian priest, particularly in America and in England, mm -hmm. you pretty much have to stay down, you know, the trammels of those lines and you'd have mm -hmm. to mention Jesus a few times. <laughs> Otherwise, someone comes up to you and says, we did the whole sermon, you never mentioned Jesus <laughs> once. But at the Aspen Chapel, you've got the freedom 
I mean, mm -hmm. for me, it's really about living, how do you live life more skillfully? Sure. You know, and how mm -hmm. do you find within the wisdom tradition the understanding of how to put your life into practice? And that mm -hmm. was just fantastic to mm -hmm. me. Mm -hmm. There was such a great freedom to explore. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and that's really been a joy in being part of the chapel. Mm. Well, we realize that too. Thank you. Welcome. And Greg, 36 years. You were here from almost the very beginning. Back in 1885. <laughs> <laughs> you were in the Donna Falls. Yes, I was. I came over, and I was the first one over Independence Pass. <laughs> the, uh, I, had, I actually had been coming out to Aspen. Mm -hmm. I think the first time I skied here on family vacation was when I was five or six years mm -hmm. old and came out here almost every year to, to, to ski. And, and then uh, family had a vacation home here, and my brother and, and his family were there. And I followed him out when he kind of took a break and, and semi-retired there. Mm -hmm. And I thought I had did some school, and I thought, well, I'm going to take a break as well and uh, come out to Aspen and do a little skiing. And that was back in 1972. Mm -hmm. And I, I actually had, I was always interested in religion and psychology, mm -hmm. and I had a couple of degrees in, in that. And I uh, ended up, I was supposed to apply to law school, as my father insisted. Literally, mm -hmm. he had mm -hmm. gone to law school. I didn't have mm -hmm. to be a lawyer, but I had to go to law school mm -hmm. and go. And then he went into business. Um, so I took a break, and within a week, I was helping with the community church here, which is Methodist, and started restarted a mental health clinic. And I did that for six, seven years. Mm -hmm. But I was fascinated in the chapel. I was aware of it. I become friends with some of the people who were in, mm -hmm. who were um, partially involved with the chapel. And, and then they were looking for somebody else. The person mm -hmm. who was kind of managing things there as a di uh, part-time director was leaving. And I said, you know, I, mm -hmm. I could be interested mm -hmm. in this. And that was 1978. Wow. And uh, I would like to say I got there because they were seriously desperate for mm -hmm. somebody. They, they didn't know what to do at that point. Exactly. If you build it, they will come or not. Uh -huh. The first six or seven years, there was a bit of a challenge mm -hmm. uh, for them for various reasons. Mm -hmm. So anyway, I said I would love to give it a try, and, mm -hmm. and uh, there was no one connected with the chapel at the mm -hmm. time. And I thought, well, I can only go up. I can't really go right. down. <laughs> and I, I came as a director. Mm -hmm. I had no intention even though uh, of being a minister, even though mm -hmm. I was interested in religion. Mm -hmm. And the, the community of faith uh, in mm -hmm. Aspen, even though it, it played a... In terms of population, it played a fairly minor role. Mm -hmm. The churches all were doing a good job, mm -hmm. but in their neighborhood, in the denomination, mm -hmm. uh, with a fairly small mm -hmm. membership for, mm -hmm. for each of the churches. And I thought something more had to be done, something broader, something bigger. And the chapel was an open slate. So you were up for that. the challenge? Yes. Little and, did you and, know, 36 and, years. Yeah, and I, again, I never, I, I did some more yeah. school after that and became ordained, mm -hmm. but. Uh, they were not thinking of a clergy because that mm -hmm. would be too narrow mm -hmm. in the perspective. Mm -hmm. So that's why it was more of a director. Mm -hmm. But then I, they, they realized that I was so much into the interfaith mm -hmm. and, and uh, ecumenical aspect of it that I was never going to, you know, try to curtail it into one particular denomination, but always be open. Well, you were the right everyone. person at the right time. Well, it ended up. And I, I mean, I, I'm mm -hmm. so grateful. Yes. I, I identified with their purposes. Mm -hmm. and. And uh, we just started doing some things, and mm -hmm. some people started to come, and each year we've mm -hmm. had a little bit of growth. You know, I came uh, about five years ago, just as you were ending your time, you know, as the uh, spiritual leader, and Nicholas was coming on. And um, I was new to the Valley, and my background is, is that I was raised Methodist, 
and then Presbyterian. And as we moved around, I was going to different churches, but prim primarily still Methodist or Presbyterian. And then I married a Catholic. That turned things upside down. But that happened a lot in my family. And then I also became, uh, I joined the Congregational uh, UCC Church. But um, on my path, people might say, I think there are many others that do this, and some people say, oh, you were lost. I was never lost. I was curious. I was trying to understand what religion is, and at that time I was just being exposed to organized religion. And what came, I was always welcomed at any church that I went into, uh, met wonderful people, good, generous things happening. Um, but I realized at the same time that um, there was not a conversation about it, that even though uh, that I, I could see we all have more in common than we do different, but we still seek to divide, you know, at each church I attended, and I didn't understand why that needed to be, because we're greater than that. And even when I came to this valley, I must have gone to 12 different churches just trying to find a place where I felt at home. And Aspen Chapel was the place for me. And the reason, the difference for me from this long path is that conversation is welcome. You are invited to be here for who you are. The faith traditions you bring with you are welcome because they are part of who you are at this point. And we have an opportunity to now to learn, to share, to converse about things, to, so you can continue your own unique path. Mm. And um, so that's how I came to be here as well as a new member, and I'm thoroughly uh, grateful and enjoy it. Today, though, we're talking about spirituality. That's a confusing word. You guys, I think, can shed some light on that. And Nicholas, how do you define spirituality? <clears throat> Well, I've, I've always used Rowan, Rowan Williams' definition. Rowan mm -hmm. Williams was the Archbishop of Canterbury before this one. Mm -hmm. And he defines spirituality as the cultivation of a sensitive and rewarding relationship with eternal truth and love. And I like that mm. because it talks about cultivation, which means it's, it's an ongoing, like, agrarian it's thing. It's a process. Yeah. yeah, it's a cultivation of a sensitive. Mm -hmm. it's, it should never be abusive. Mm -hmm. A sensitive... Mm -hmm. And rewarding has to be enriching. Uh, and then that key word, relationship. You're having a relationship. Uh, what are you having a relationship with? Eternal truth mm -hmm. and love. And you're having a relationship with that which is eternally true. You're trying to look and discover that which is eternally true. And love. Uh, you know, for me, the, the best definition of love is, is really giving with no expectation of return. And, you know, we're given our lives. The universe is given to us really with no expectation of return. So there's a fundamental loving there that's created everything. Mm -hmm. And so spirituality is that cultivation of a sensitive and rewarding relationship with eternal truth and love. It's an ongoing process of communicating, I think, with the universe using the language of the universe, which is the language of love. Wow. So it is opening our hearts. Yes, it is. And then opening our minds. Yeah, I think the thing is that, that you know, I feel that, you know, as I said, the universe was created out of love. It, there was mm -hmm. no expectation of a return. It, it, it occurred. We're given our lives out of that. You know, we appeared. There was no expectation of anything when we appeared. 
And therefore, there is a language there. There's a creative process. And I feel that if we engage with our lives, with the universe, with that same creative process of love, then we're talking the language of the universe and we can participate with the universe in that way. I would certainly mm -hmm. affirm what, uh, what uh, Nicholas has, has said. I think that's a very good definition. There's so many definitions of spirituality or the word spirit. I like to go back to kind of the root of the word spirit is a Latin word, is later, a later Latin word. Um, in, in our scripture, we have the Hebrew, and I, I don't uh, profess to be able to pronounce it correctly, but the word in, in the alliteration is R-U-A-H or R-U-A-C-H, Rauk. And again, I'm not pronouncing it very good. But it means breath. Uh, that's, that's the essence of the Hebrew uh, etymology or origin where we have later on uh, made it Latin, spiritus. But it comes from the Hebrew rauk. And I think it's the breath of life. It's just how we all breathe. It's the essence, yes. the logo, the, the, the most essential part of who we are. Is is our is is our how we live and live and move and have our being within this spiritual framework of, of the of the universe. And I, when I say that, I don't think spirit is something off some other place. It's just part of it's it's a holistic way of, of looking at at spiritual rather than being separatistic. I, I think it's uh, it's it's all of life, uh, spirit. And even if we divide it up in body, mind, and spirit, that may have some challenges as well. It's, it's a good thing to say, but it, I see it all as one versus mm -hmm. maybe different compartments. And along with his, his definition uh, uh, that, that he quoted, I was just all of a sudden reminded of a person who spoke at the chapel, which was a professor of mine from Denver University and Isle of School of Theology named Charles Milligan, and he had this great definition of it, he said, which was really of religion or spirit. It's the vital fusion of myth, mm -hmm. ritual, in community, those those three things, uh, and, and especially of a, of a great truth. Mm -hmm. Myth was a, a great story of truth, not not some sort of fiction per mm -hmm. se, and and how we practice that as part of our ritual, and how we live that out in community. And every organization probably has those three parts to it. They have their their, their symbol, mm -hmm. um, their practices or ritual, and and how they care for one another in community. The golden rule is most important to spirit. How do you feel um, that we have grown spiritually um, from your, your early arrival at well, the chapel I, I sure to hope we present have. time? Yeah. I mean, one mm -hmm. of our purposes in, in, our, in our mission statement is promote a progressive uh, you know, spirituality and enrichment for, for all people and, and interfaith engagement uh, toward peace. And so uh, I certainly hope it is progressive that we have progressed. I, I know that I have at the chapel mm -hmm. and become more open-minded, mm -hmm. feel more secure. One of my purposes has been to make religion real. I know that too many people like. I, li I still like the word religion. I may be mm -hmm. the only one left in Aspen mm -hmm. who does, but <laughs> I, I like the term. It means to bind back, to, 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 to reconnect ourselves with source is, is the word religio. And... Uh, I think we have continued with all the different leaders that we've had bring into the chapel. Mm -hmm. It's not been one person's church or, or podium or pulpit. Yeah, early it's been on so you did invite other mm -hmm. adjunct Absolute, pastors in to be many, a part many, of the conversation. Many yes, who were there with us for a long period of time. Uh, mm -hmm. People came in situationally. It's that diversity of, of spiritual mm -hmm. teachers 
that have, have I think, made the cheap chapel what it is and, and how it's progressed in its... I, I'm proud to be... Uh, what shall I say? I, my, my wife tells me not to use these terms too much, but to be open or liberal mm-hmm. uh, and progressive in, mm-hmm. in a philosophical mm-hmm. approach. It has to, religion has got to coincide with everything, all the empirical knowledge we have in science. It has to fit in within the greater realms of meaning and understanding mm-hmm. in, in life. It can't be separate. Mm-hmm. You also had a strong program of community outreach. Uh, we yeah, have. I think Nicholas the, is carrying that uh, in, 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 a, in a great way. We certainly did do a lot of outreach. Uh, I was part of starting the buddy program and, and the, the chapel. We did a lot of things at the hospital, and, mm-hmm. and we, we tried to, to integrate ourselves with the community. We started the, you know, having the Easter service on the mountain. I did other mm-hmm. services on the mountain. We've always tried to have the chapel be part of the community, not mm-hmm. a separate entity in a corner someplace mm-hmm. uh, but at the entrance of, of Aspen and we wanted to we open to all the the, the, the weddings and the memorials and mm-hmm. counseling anyone who came through the door mm-hmm. I, I wanted to welcome it's an open mm-hmm. door policy we have open hearts and open mind and open mm-hmm. an open door as part of the the, the the chapel so we did that I I was also concerned to try to get a base of people we didn't have anyone when I was first there, but mm-hmm. to slowly get people who were part of the chapel and I could identify with it. We don't have a formal membership, but they still feel at home there. Mm-hmm. And after that, then we can reach out more. And Nicholas is, mm-hmm. is doing a really good job having many other organi- programs at the chapel that are reaching out in the community today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, there are people that uh, I hear this a lot who will say, I am spiritual, but I'm not religious. Sure. What does that mean in these times, uh, and what is the place for for people who find themselves in that situation within the chapel community? Go ahead. Now. Well, I think you know if you look at the figures now, the, the largest grouping of people are, are, are nuns, people who have no any no religious affiliation at all, mm. and I think there is a great spiritual hunger out there. You know, people are, are looking for meaning. They're looking for purpose in their mm-hmm. lives. And I don't think religion has got a, 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 pre, a, a really, you know, it's not had that good a press over the last period of time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, wars, difficulties, you know, having to believe this, having to believe that. And I think people have pushed back against that. But I think there is still this yearning for understanding and yearning for knowledge. And I think, you know, obviously, you know, the thing with the, ch- you know, the chapel, it, you know, it looks like a chapel. It smells like a chapel. chapel. So when you walk in there, it probably has got something to do with religion in there. <laughs> but I think, you know, we'd acknowledge the fact uh-huh. that we are in that area. We are in the area mm-hmm. of looking at ultimate truth, looking at what the meaning of life mm-hmm. is, which is the sort of area of religion. Mm-hmm. But I, I think, you know, what we're trying to say is that you don't really have to believe anything. Mm-hmm. There's nothing that we say, you've got to believe this. Yeah. Transubstantiation, now you don't have to believe that. You don't have to believe mm-hmm. anything. It's much more about showing up in your own presence. And you know, each individual has their own path, and we want to mm-hmm. encourage them to look at what's going to work for them to have their lives be deeper, more satisfying, and make mm-hmm. a contribution to society. Mm-hmm. I really like the, what you said. I just was listening to Elaine Pagels on video on her new book, Why Religion? Uh, and... Uh, she's a professor at Princeton, and one of my and she's taught at the chapel a number of times. Uh, one of my favorite teachers. But she said, 
Uh, when someone asked her about that same question, she mm -hmm. said belief was overrated. Now, in religion, that's mm -hmm. a pretty crazy yeah. thing to say. Mm -hmm. But I, I mm -hmm. think in some ways, it's not just about, you know, so, so many people have narrowed their denomination mm -hmm. or their belief uh, or their Christianity, for that matter, with just what you believe, you know, your belief is, 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 is it. And if you believe a little bit different from my belief, you know, you're, we're in conflict with each other. So belief, okay, belief is important, but even more so, it's, it's how we are caring for one another and how we are loving, how we are practicing that in, in our lives. And then she, she reiterated that as well in, in how... And she attends the, the, the monastery out here, and she would still identify herself. I don't know if she'd identify herself as a Christian, but certainly spiritual in her own way. But I just thought it was interesting with mm -hmm. what Nicholas just said. And when Elaine said that, it was overrated. Yes. I thought, well, that's really interesting. And I, I, I would agree with her. I, she is a, the most endearing person. And I hope that we, mm -hmm. she might be able to be at the chapel again this summer. I think we do hold the idea that yeah. at the chapel that, first of all, disagreement is not seen as being threatening. Right. Exactly. Yeah, disagreement yes, is not threatening. Right. And also the other thing mm -hmm. we hold dear is that what we offer, we offer what we offer at the chapel with the willingness to be wrong. Mm. So there is the mm -hmm. willingness to be wrong there. I love the thing that Dalai Lama said. He was asked, uh, what would you do if someone came to you and conclusively proved that reincarnation did not exist? Mm -hmm. And he said, I would change my views accordingly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So I think yes, we do, yes, you know, yes. We're not fixed on that way. I think that's important. Yeah, we have to. We have to be open to the fact that we don't know it all. Yeah. No one exactly. knows it all. Yes. And and, mm -hmm. and 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 Nicholas has mentioned that in his in in his messages. And I love the, the thing from the Dowdy Ching was. I believe it's in there. It says, "Those who think they know don't know. It's only those who know that they really don't know." Who know? <laughs> you gotta unpack that a little bit. But you it's even really, said it correctly. It's really, and, and I've gone to, you know, mm -hmm. I've gone to a lot of school in my life. Mm -hmm. But it's it's the old axiom: the more you learn, mm -hmm. the more you realize that mm -hmm. you really don't fully know. It, it's for mm -hmm. all of us to, to approach our, our faith as humbly as mm -hmm. as we can, and and realize mm -hmm. that we are all just uh, looking. There there are always a few more answer, uh, mm -hmm. questions and answers. But it, 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 and, and part of our faith is coming down to living out the best that we can and, and serving. Now, Nicholas, you've brought a lot of fresh momentum to the chapel in your five years here, including your wonderful um, Developing Consciousness course, uh, which right now is going to be running at the um, Third Street Center starting tonight, I believe, and it's free. Tell us about that and, and other innovative uh, programs and ideas that have come during your tenure here and your vision for going forward where we are. Well, I have to say that, you know, I was saying to Greg on the way over, I was very grateful to him. He built the train set. <laughs> I can now play with it, really. So, <laughs> so I think, You're you like, know, yeah. I, You've got a new conductor. I, re I think really, you know, I have to acknowledge that, that mm -hmm. this community has been built by Greg and by the, the community together. And I'm so grateful for that. And that, that's just worth such a huge amount. And I've really, you know, there's a vision there that was created by the community and Greg. And it just so happened that the sort of shaped hole of person that they wanted, I just fitted in there mm -hmm. because I had the sort of similar sort of perspective. And I mean, I, I've always been interested in that, that whole idea of, of, uh, of, of consciousness, of spirituality and how it all worked. Mm -hmm. And I think when I started off, you know, getting involved in, in this, I went off to India and, you know, did this sort of went mm -hmm. off to Kathmandu and, and did all, all that sort of stuff, you know, almost a hippie trail. 
And, and I didn't think much had changed. I came back and uh, my mother told me that she knew something was up when, when I claimed to be vegetarian. <laughs> and, um, and I was wearing Indian clothes when I came off the plane. Mm -hmm. And really, I was looking for, you know, spirituality. And, you know, in those days, this was 1979, it was all about enlightenment. Mm -hmm. And I just wanted to know what it was about. And people would come up, you know, I'd say, well, you know, what's it all about? And they, you know, I had to meditate for this long or, you know, join my religion mm -hmm. or do this. No one ever actually said, this is, the, this is what it's about. This is the, uh, this is the, the roadmap of what, what this area mm -hmm. is. And so having done this for, for a while, I wanted to create something that really just set out the roadmap of, of what areas were involved in the whole spirituality thing. So... So it's that that really impelled me to, to start mm -hmm. the Developing Consciousness course, which is really looking at, at uh, spirituality uh, from the perspective of, of, of ordinary reality. How do you look at consciousness? How do you look at the nature of reality? Where does that fit? Where does the mind fit into that? You know, what does enlightenment mean anyway? So the course really was to give people an opportunity to, to reflect on those areas. Mm -hmm. So we do it over eight weeks, and it's now at the Third Street Centre in Carbondale. Starts tonight, and eight weeks, people can drop in every Wednesday, 6 uh, to 7.30. It's an hour and a half. It's free. And you really come along with your own life and just reflect on that. So... That has been a big driver to do, uh, uh, for me to sort of move forward. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, we have to call this to a close, this conversation. We're just getting started, and I hope we can continue another time. But and you mentioned the, the April 11th. Yes. Uh, for those of you who are able, we have, we'll be continuing this conversation on April 11th, next Thursday, at the Aspen Chapel. You can find more information um, online at aspenchapel.org. And... Um, Please come share the conversation again anytime. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you both. Thank you, Shelley. Bye-bye.